All right, everybody, welcome back to Talk with the Now podcast. And this is Gene, your usual host. And here I am with Jason once again, doing his best, uh, Ozzy Osbourne or whoever. Man, poor Ozzy Osbourne. You don't hear much out of him lately, do you? No. Even when you do, it's not much. You don't understand it. It's true. <laughs> I hear his wife's in a lot of trouble these days, but we won't get into that. No, um, no, no. It's not that kind of show. <laughs> well, um, Jason, what is happening? What is there anything new in your life this week, or is it the same old, same old? Pretty much same old, same old. You know, got a yeah. new windshield, got two, got new tires. You know, mm. so had a good, really? good experience. Good experience with safe light coming out to the house and replacing the window. Pirelli. Oops, sorry. Sorry. That window company that I shouldn't have mentioned Ooh, coming man, out. We don't to get the... sponsorship money for them. Yes. Did you do some Pirelli or some, uh, no, Toyos actually. Toyos. Gotcha. Yep. Jason drives a, um, a car that uh, resembles the Olympic rings. If that gives anybody a clue. That's right. Minus, minus, you know, one ring, yes. Resembles. Yeah. Yes. Resembles. Reminds. I don't know. <clears throat> may or may not be built in Ingolstadt, Germany. But anyway. So other than uh, maintenance on your car, nothing new in your life, huh? Nothing new. No new hobbies. No, nothing classes. new other than other than spending money. That's about it. <laughs> you really good at that. I'll give you that. Jason help you spend it your money, people. Well, I had to spend it on car stuff. So. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh no, um, I was gonna say, um, I am, um, I mentioned it last week. I'm, I'm still doing the animation thing. I'm, uh, oh. investigating it more. And, yeah. Um, as a amateur, amateur artist, I'm, uh, very intrigued by it. It's something that I always wanted to do as a kid back in the days when I used to draw peanuts characters for my mom. Um, it's kind of fun to, uh, look at the, the way animation works and I'm studying the, uh, the greats. I've been, um, watching youtube videos watching um little movies whatnot documentaries on disney um mm -hmm. i you're such a uh, film guru and yep. you know hollywood expert in my opinion that you've probably heard of the nine old men yep, of disney. Yep. yeah you're right okay i didn't know about these people i've seen documentaries on disney but or walt disney and you know you don't pay total close attention to this but i learned about the nine old men and um just studying it and um you know these were the nine of course the nine old men that were the main animators of the disney feature film disney animated feature films going back to the first one of snow white all the way i don't even actually know what the last if you will call it um correct 2d feature film but i want to say it was something it was like a um a dog movie in new york and i can't remember it's like from 1998 or something that was like the last um, totally hand-drawn um, 2D yep. animation feature. There was a Winnie the Pooh one done in the early 2000s, but since then, it's pretty much been all computer animated or um, Pixar type stuff. Um, but that could be another show, another truth. Topic. Yeah, yeah. But I am really enjoying it. There was one of the um, men that... Um, I believe he studied a little bit under the um, tutelage of one of the nine, a couple of the nine old men mm -hmm. was um, a guy named John Pomeroy. 
and he did a lot of the 80s 90s stuff mm-hmm. maybe a little bit of the early 2000s and he has started his own um um internet i guess you call it web academy called the pomeroy academy where he shows an introduction to animation and i'm taking his little class and it's really cool it's really cool to get in there and he shows you how to hand draw animation and oh, the characters fun. and everything so it's, yeah. it's a lot of fun it'd be a lot of fun for a middle schooler to take too he does it in a really friendly kind of kids way for the for a little insight on uh you guys on, on gene he's actually more artistic than he even lets on so he needs to i like that he's pursuing this ah well thank you i um there's also a great for any art artistic people out there there's i found a couple of good resources jason you might actually like this podcast called the draftsman um it's a podcast by a guy named uh, prokopenko um i believe his uh his youtube is called proko he has a, a website called proko.com and he does free um I don't know if webinar is the right word, but free classes, free internet classes. Yeah. And it's a real yeah, cool, webinar. That's probably good. Yeah. yeah. It's a free cool class, internet class thing where basically you get like 15 minutes of free and you can upgrade for like whatever, $48, $30 mm-hmm. to get like an hour and a half or whatever more that's of the cool. class. So it's, it's a really cool um, source. Like I'm doing, I'm taking one of the webinars on um, perspective right now. It's not on that website, but mm-hmm. one of the guys that is the draftsman, the draftsman is consists of a guy named um, his name's he goes by Proko. Um, I think his name's Stan Prokopinski, Proko Pinko, uh, and a guy named Marshall Vandruff. And they um, Var- Marshall is like a sixty. He's probably around sixty. He is a professor teacher, um, both out of San Diego, California, and mm-hmm. uh, he teaches at community college. But they just come with a lot of art experience, and they go into everything about art, artistry, art. They even talk about movies and pop culture a little bit in it. So it's right. a cool web. It's a cool little uh, podcast. Um, so that's what I've been doing. Nice. Time. And something, I bought a, oh, go ahead. Something constructed is what I'm saying. Yes, <clears throat> absolutely. And I bought another book that you'd probably like to look at sometime. I'll show it when you come over. It's right. called um, the illusion of life. Hmm. And it is a book. That's like, it's an inch and a half of like Disney and their whole way of doing things. Back in the day, it was written by two of the nine old men, um, John Ollie Johnson, and I can't remember the other guy's name. Um, but they co-wrote this book in the early '80s, and it was about their entire experience, how they did all the animation, hmm. everything, and it's got a re- lot of really cool um, insight. But that's not why we're here, Jason. I know <laughs> we are here to continue our series on the the Beatles. The Beatles, yes. Ladies and, ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles. <laughs> that, that was my, that was my Ed Sullivan invitation. Have you ever watched an Ed Sullivan show? Yes. Like that guy is, he was a really cool person, but watching it now, it looks so dated. It feels very awkward to watch it. In yeah, some it way. does. Because it didn't have a high production value. New, new, new. But I mean, for that, for those days, I, I guess it did, but you know, for now compared to comparatively nowadays, but you think about so many artists, you know, rock bands and singers that came on that show. Mm -hmm. I've been watching some of the old YouTube videos and stuff and like some of the rolling, I mean, the audio was terrible usually on those things, but 
you know, the Beatles got their start on Ed Sullivan. Rolling Stones were really in there. A lot the of doors. The, yeah, a bunch of other people. A lot of the Beatles knockoffs, if you will. You know, people like uh, I saw one the other night that was um, it was someone like um, the uh, Crimson and Clover band. I can't remember the name of them. Tommy James and the Shondells. Yes, it was yes. a band similar to them. I can't great, remember. Though. He yeah, hosts yeah. a show. He hosts a show on a certain satellite network. Um, um, Tommy James does. He's really good. He's a very knowledgeable guy. Oh yeah, and a uh, born again Christian, I believe. Yeah, actually, is he talks about it on his show. Mm-hmm. I didn't know he had that. Um, I have to look into it. Him and Peter Noon. They they mm-hmm. uh they they uh, uh, Peter Noon hosts a show called uh, Something Good. Obviously, you know, after one of their songs. But man, the knowledge that Peter Noon does, and, and you can't. You talk about a. I'm drawing a, a blank. Who is he? Herman's Hermits, lead singer. You know, he talks like this. He talks like right. he sings. He's, <laughs> he does. he's a bit cockney and he talks <laughs> like this. You know, he's he's like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, look at this. Man. Look at you know, it just it's like very animate. It's awesome, but his knowledge is yeah. amazing. If that's ever, really kind uh, of a gift to see these guys from back then that are still Herman's around Hermits. that 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 talk about even some of these guys that weren't like huge hits but they know stuff and they toured with all these other people and their stories uh-huh. are amazing yeah. something tells me i'm into something good oh. mrs brown you've oh. got a lovely daughter you know that guy yeah. was there ever a band that like ring around the posies <laughs> you know, yeah exactly. reminds you of that sound oh man okay who sang uh the mighty quinn i always liked that one as a kid come on with us come on with him you and might man? see nothing but the mighty you know, I'm. Uh, I think you, that you was Manford have, Man. I think it was too. Yes, it was. Not to be confused with Manford Manford Man's Earth Band, which I believe was some of the same people that created the band later on in the '70s. And right. Did blinded by the by, Blinded by the Light, which was a Bruce Springsteen written song. Yes. Thank you. Took the words right out of my mouth. There you That's, go. I'm reading, just, sometimes we share the same brain, folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> which yeah, their version uh, is way better to me, but that's just my opinion. Uh, agreed. Yes. Um, but yeah, so the Beatles, uh, <laughs> all right, Jason. Well, the Beatles, uh, let me start off with one thing here. Uh, I should have sent you a little uh, warning so you could look into this a little more, but you might okay. be able to think of it off the top of your head. Okay. Do you have a favorite three to five songs that just come to your head every time you think of the Beatles? Paperback writer day in my life, or probably day in my life. <laughs> A day in, in my life. life. A day in, no, the life. in my life. I was I was I was combining two songs. <laughs> so paperback writer in my life. And the other one I would have to say. Oh gosh, what was it? I totally forgot it now. Day tripper. No, I mean it's the same kind of feel. I like that song of the mid-60s Beatles because it got a little bit more 60s sounding than less bubblegum. Um uh-huh. oh, it was another one off of rubber soul. I can't think of it. Oh, yeah. I have the albums listed in front of me. Um, I could probably um, tell you which one you're trying to think of. Um, were you thinking of Norwegian Wood? No, I was thinking. You won't see oh, me. The run, the run for your life if you can't. Nowhere, girl. man. Um, think for yourself the word. Uh, what goes on? Um, of course, not girl. I'm looking. Th- I'm looking through you in my life. Wait. And if I needed someone and run for your life. Yeah. Run for your life. That's the other one. Yeah. Two minutes, 19 seconds. Yeah. Very short. Um, 
you could tell that they were really pushing the radio hits then, but they were still, I mean, obviously, you know, packed full of, of musicality because it's the Beatles. Um, but I just think, you know, obviously I like two off the same album. So Rubber Soul is my favorite album of theirs. Um, and I have four copies of it on vinyl in various conditions. Um, oh, you there? Wait, so, so you have four copies? I have four copies on vinyl, original pressings in different in various conditions. Um, I've yet to be able to afford a sealed original. Oh, um, what does that go for? Uh, not as much as you'd think, because it's not you know one of their big albums. About seventy bucks. Oh. Um, whereas, like, you get a sealed original of like the White Album or Sgt. Pepper, and it's like four or five hundred bucks. Well, sealed, uh, sealed um, Sgt. Pepper is that sort of the holy grail of um, Beatles albums, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I've seen it. I saw it at um, a certain Haight Ashbury uh, record store, um, old school record store. Since we're not doing advertisements, I can't even advertise for them. <laughs> what uh, are they selling for? That one, the one they had was twelve hundred dollars. Um, really? And you don't even want to know what some of their white album. They have them all their high value stuff up on the wall, like mm-hmm. special shelves on the wall. And he told me one of his. One of the white album ones was seven thousand hmm. dollars. So you know, all that for a record that you better not open. You know, pretty much. I mean, um, it's just basically all wall art at that point, right? Exactly. You're paying for a piece of art, which honestly, the white album is not the most interesting piece of art um, to hang. <laughs> now, <laughs> Sergeant Pepper's. I mean, that could be a piece of art. That's you know, but but the white album is like there it is. It's white. The best part um, about the white album to me is that it's not even called the white album. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah, it's just the Beatles. It also had, you know, I mean, it's got your, it's got your controversial songs on it. You know, like we talked about before, Helter Skelter. Even though it's about, it's about a slide, a, a, a cork, corkscrew type slide that appears at every county fair or festival in Britain, and it's called a Helter Skelter. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, but anyway. I got off yeah. track. I'm sorry. So what were your, you, did you have a five or was it three that you said? Oh, you, oh, you wanted five. Um, or you could name five if you wanted. I like a day in the life as well. Um, I also like, um, well, you know what? I actually like Helter Skelter. I'm one of those weird people. Um, I, like it. I think it's, uh, you know, it's, it's you know no knowing what it's really about about a slide it kind of puts it in perspective um a little bit more from other people who have you know perverted that song to other to mean other things but yeah it's about a slide if you think <laughs> I mean, about that song though it is probably one of the first hard rock songs ever i think i mean yeah i mean there were some other well you got to think about other stuff that was out at the same time yeah um obviously the zeppelin had already been doing stuff by that time had zeppelin um, recorded their stuff before because I, I thought that song was recorded like in maybe 67 or was it 60 yeah well it was like 67 i meant like around the same time yeah um you know i just meant as a technical fact kind of thing you got the who which i think invented a lot of hard rock right. um ahead of time to me um before what? even before even before the whole you know yeah. The band. Of all the bands. reason I brought yeah. that up was because I felt like I heard a DJ or somebody at one point say that 
they consider Helter Skelter might be one of the first hard rock songs ever recorded. But yeah, I mean, I have to research that. I can see where they're going because it was just totally chaos. The song, mm-hmm. uh, totally, totally chaos, totally chaotic. Right. Um, in that McCartney Lennon way. Um, but no, I think, I mean, you know, God, well, Paul just celebrated what 79th birthday. Um, did he really? Wow. Almost 80. Yeah. 79 years old. Still wow. kicking. Hmm. He doesn't look, he doesn't look 79. No. Um, not at all. Yeah, unlike Keith Richards, who looks like he's 179. Um, well, let's but, be fair. He's looked 179 since he was 50, right? True. Very true. Um, <laughs> well, hey, but, you know, well, I, I, oh, I, just something kind of a side note with the Beatles that, you know, there was actually a, a rivalry with them and somebody else that you wouldn't even think of. Um, the reason I know this is because I, you know, talk to people like our parents' age who, around back then you either liked the beatles or you liked oh i know who who i know who i can say it tell you exactly who who well it might i might be confusing with someone else but i believe it was um ricky nelson no no he was with elvis he was his rival paul revere and the raiders ah kicks just keep getting li- harder i mean paul revere and the raiders got some great songs i um, like them yeah you know i mean um Good thing. That's a great song. Um, uh, Mr. Sun, Mr. Moon. Talk about psychedelic. I'm kind of partial to the uh, Cherokee Nation song. Yeah, that was later. Um, it was a 70s one of theirs. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so it's just interesting the, the different matchups. Because yes, obviously, originally it was the Beach Boys. But they kind of had a mutual respect for each other. So there wasn't really a rivalry going there. Um, hmm. I was trying to think of uh, my favorite Beatles song and yeah. you know, I can't really pinpoint cause I, I think I'm such a Beatles fan of their music. Like, you know, we talked about this one time in another podcast where um, songs can take you to somewhere that you used to be. Like it can yep. take you back to being eight years old at Christmas time, you know? Um, and my life is one of those songs for me. Yeah. It can take me back to when I was 20 years old or, you know, 15 years old at Christmas time for some reason. I don't know why. Um, but Let It Be might be one of my favorite songs. Um, right. I'd have to put Let It Be up there just because I like how raw and uh, organic it sounds. And just because Paul, McCart- was. Paul McCartney yeah. had a piano just doing his thing. Yeah. Um, why My Guitar Gently Weeps is probably right up there. Mm, that's a um, good one. Just because Eric Clapton sat in on it and... Um, it just kind of, you know, to me, it was sort of the Beatles just doing their thing and at the, at their best in a lot of ways. Um, get back is probably uh, one of my favorites. Uh, um, yeah, you can see a theme here. They're probably almost all on uh let it be. Um, I've always liked, um, Oh gosh, what is that song? Um, if it's your favorite, you should be able to name it off the top of your head. Of course. The, uh, um, I guess, I don't know, Come Together is up there uh, yeah. for me. I, I mean, I know it's a very played out song many times over, but uh, I do like it. Um, you like what you like, though, you know? I was, let me go it. to my greatest hits. I have a greatest hits. Of, <laughs> oh, the one album or whatever. Yeah. 
Well, they're I had their double their double album greatest hits. Um, yeah, sitting in my iTunes right now, and um, and it's hanging on the tip of my tongue, and I just cannot remember the name of it right off the bat. But uh, it's yeah, I don't know. I think it might be. Um, it could be Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. I don't know. It's it might be that one or Strawberry Fields. Yeah, it could be I Am the Walrus. I really have always liked that song, as weird and out there as it is. Yeah, but there's so many good ones. Like I unlike, well, sort of unlike you. I like some of their old early stuff too, and I like some of their mid '60s stuff, like Drive My Car and Norwegian Wood and uh, Nowhere Man. Yeah, Nowhere Man's a great song. I know too. I mentioned way more than that, but the first three that I mentioned are kind of probably my yeah. top my top one. Taxman is a great one. Oh well. yeah. Covered later by who? Do you know? No. In the eighties. Nope. Stevie Ray Vaughn. Ah. Speaking of Stevie Ray, not to get off topic, but he has <laughs> a great documentary from the back in the old VH1 days called Legends. I watched yep. that this weekend and that was really good. I remember watching it back when it came on. Yep. I never really knew his full story until I watched that, which yeah, was recommended on that podcast that I mentioned earlier, the draftsman. Yeah. Oh yeah. And what an incredible story he had. We should do a oh, whole podcast on him, I guess. A recovery, a, a story of recovery, you know? Yeah. You're really uh, thankful that he got to the recovery piece of his life before he passed away. I know, which is um, in a crazy event. That's just, a fog shrouded hill basically mm-hmm. just... oh but um but the other thing i was going to say is uh <laughs> speaking of the white album um when i was in college i would listen to that album all the time like i would just like i had a roommate in college and you know how you get to college and those first three days are sort of like do whatever you want to do and get yep. your classes ready and maybe take extra five hour naps during the day <laughs> we, yep. the first day that we got into our dorm room um he had a cassette copy of the white album and uh like we were both it was like one o'clock in the afternoon we just dro- driven into town or whatever you know and he's like man i think i'm tired I was like yeah i'm tired too and i was like oh you got a copy of the beatles white album and he uh he put it in like one of those cassette clock players and uh we both fell asleep listening to the white album like <laughs> to that afternoon <laughs> It's just that's one of my memories of listening to that album. That's and funny. I heard that uh I heard a great if if you've ever listened to the the nice thing about Paul McCartney is that he's not he's not afraid to get out there and do interviews. Oh yeah. And uh he did an interview where he um he said that people would kind of critique the white album as saying it was too long. He he was always like, No, I don't think it's too long. Maybe it is to some people, but I'm glad that we put everything on it that we put on it. Yeah, definitely. And I was just looking at the uh, the list of the the songs on the White Album. You could do a whole podcast on the White Album, I guess. But I remember Tom, who was my roommate back then. His favorite song was the continuing story of Bungalow Bill. <laughs> yeah, there's you know all those strange ones with the piggies and the. Yeah, just oh. and that song to me is one of the weirdest songs because it's almost like you're listening to an episode of a TV show, the way that yeah. it, it goes, you know. Yep. Of course, Obla Di Obla Da. 
You know what about Obladi Oblada to me is something that my wife loves that song. And what I have found with that song is that if you are not a Beatles fan, if you're just a casual music fan, almost any casual music fan will love that song after they hear it. Just because it was so, you know, I think it's just so listenable that everybody hears and they're like, yeah, that's a good song. Yeah. The beat, the beat keeps you, keeps, keeps, keeps people listening to it. Yeah. It's almost, it's like borderline Caribbean sounding. Yeah. And well, you know, part of Paul, he had a really good interview with, um, James Corden of all people. And, uh, he basically took him to his hometown and he showed him. Yeah, we talked, I talked about that last I actually, I saw that too. And, um, he said that, uh, I think that the thing that's interesting about Paul McCartney and it plays into the Beatles dynamic is that when you think of, um, John Lennon, I think serious artist, no, no messing about, as they might say, you know, he's just, He's just doing his job and he wants peace, love and understanding. Whereas Paul McCartney is way more about the sitting by the piano. Hey, everybody gather around, sing a song. And right. He's the social guy. This is a party. Yeah. Let's have fun with this. I think yeah. those two dynamics coming together. And then you mix in George Harrison, who's sort of like his own sort of hippie kind of type of way of doing things. I think those three collaborating, you know, along with Ringo, of course, um, <laughs> I think that that, in a lot of ways, what made the Beatles so dynamic. Yeah, agreed. Um, yeah, I think they're probably the only reason I would ever want to visit Liverpool. Um, huh. You know, maybe maybe taking a crazy soccer match mm-hmm. just to experience that once. Um, but yeah, there's uh, there's something about collaboration. I mean, you can talk about collaborations throughout the history of music, you know. Mm-hmm. But obviously, that's the one of the most famous collaborations of all. Um, no doubt. Well, hey, know, I'm. Oh, go I ahead. Was, I was going to say I'm looking at a timeline of the Beatles. Which, if you go online, there's one by Satori.com, um, and it goes back all the way back to talking about the Beatles. And I'm not going to get into the whole history of them, but yeah, the timeline shows in the '40s their original basis was uh, Stuart Sutcliffe, born in 1940. And uh, John Lennon was born. Paul McCartney was born in 42. Harrison, 43. Ringo was born in 1940. And then it just goes on from there. We mostly, I think, we think about the Beatles as being in the 60s. Of course, the Query Man, I guess, was sort of one of their first band names that they had. A couple of guys. Um. I was looking here trying to find when their Ed Sullivan performance was. And I couldn't actually find it, but I, I want to say it was around 62 or 63. Right. Say it's early 60s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And of course, then they went into, you know, the Beatles' um, first albums that they released. Uh, a few, like, they did a weird thing back then that they don't do nowadays where their discography, their discography, dis, how do you say that? discography was different compared you know uk and america they they release things differently for some reason um so they had please please me 63 with the beatles 63 so two albums of 63 they had uh hard day's night and beatles for sale in 64 
So you get all four of those albums in a two-year period. And then they went to Help and Rubber Soul in 65. Right. And then in 66 was Revolver. And then I want to say Revolver, I don't know if they did the Shea Stadium concert tour with Revolver or not. Because, you know, that was the Shea, the Shea Stadium um, concert was their last paid performance that they did. Um, and then they decided they weren't right. on the tour any longer. But then, in 67, you had Sgt. Pepper's. 67, you had Magical Mystery Tour. 68, the White Album and Yellow Submarine came in 69 with Abbey Road in 69. And then, of course, they broke the, bre- the breakup which happened in uh, 69, I believe, but Let It Be was released in 70, which was released after they had done their breakup. Right. So you had all those different things happen. And I want to say, I I looked that up earlier, and Paul McCartney filed for a suit to dissolve the Beatles December 31st, (laughs) New Year's Eve, or I'm sorry, New Year's Day, 1970. No, I'm sorry, New Year's Eve. That'd be New Year's Eve, 1970. So I didn't quite yeah. make it to the 71. Yeah. Let It Be was released in 60. So they had basically, it said that Paul McCartney left the Beatles in April 10th of, 19, of 1970. So basically, and, and Hey Jude, which I guess, yeah, Hey Jude was the US release, which was basically, right. let, I guess, Let It Be in a way, but um, had similar songs. That was released in, in February. So basically 1970 was just them sort of figuring it out. And then by the end of the year, I guess Paul McCartney was like, ah, we're done. Right. <laughs> we're, I'm dissolving this band yeah, to, to, to officially dissolve the band. I mean, golly, you know, that's like, we, Hey, we're not even going to try anymore. Which is yeah. ironic because um, from the interviews that I've heard with Paul, he wanted to keep the band together. Like he was sort of the glue that kept the band together in a lot of ways. Um, Right. Now, I know people say Yoko Ono broke up the Beatles. Maybe. I don't know. Um, but another interesting thing that's coming out is uh, Get Back, the uh, the new movie. Have you heard about that? Yeah. Yep. And I, I, I uh, do you know when it's coming out? Is it August? I think. I think I'm, it is August. Yeah. I'm thinking we need to go see that and maybe do a podcast review of it. Yes. Good idea. Because uh, do you know? I don't know if you know the backstory of the Let It Be uh, movie that they made. Not much, no. Well, it came out on um, the movie theaters like 1970. And then they actually did a VHS version of it maybe around the you know, 1980s. <clears throat> but apparently it was not very popular. And the uh, former Beatles, after Lennon's you know, death, um, did not want it released because they felt that it showed a bad side to all four of them. Which mm. I've seen. You, you can find some, I guess, bootleg copies of it on, you know. Right online and i've seen it in it's pretty much its entirety and it it kind of did i didn't think it totally i mean it sort of just showed them as being real and it had a few it had a few kind of moments where they're button heads and you know you can kind of tell some people are frustrated but i didn't think it was that bad but apparently this let it be is going to be a bigger picture you know give you the whole picture kind of thing so it should it should be really cool and it's peter jackson oh that's right we were talking about that last time Yeah, yeah yeah they put it together so nice yeah I don't know. I think that's a. Yeah. You know, I just, like I told you before, I think I said this last podcast and I'll, I'll reiterate the Beatles aren't my favorite band, but 
they're up there in my mind as obviously most important bands in history. Um, in the same way, Nirvana is not my favorite band by any means. Mm-hmm. And, but yet I, I respect what they did. Now, obviously the Beatles, I'm not comparing the Nirvana to the Beatles because the Beatles are way higher than Nirvana. But, you know, I think there are better bands that came out of that era than the Beatles. Yes. Hmm. I'm being honest. Okay. Um, now there, there might be some that are waiting for me to get struck by lightning for that. Nothing statement. wrong with opinions. Yeah. Nothing wrong with, but opinions. you know, I mean the, the Beatles are great. I'm not saying they're, they're not good. They're great. That's who, do you think, who do you think is better? You said the, uh, the beach boys, maybe. Well, I or mean, like it, better, I guess I, I just think Brian Wilson's stuff was so far ahead of his time. Um, you know, and for Paul McCartney to call, um, God only knows the best song ever written. Paul McCartney said that, you know, one of the best songwriters about history said that one of Brian Wilson's songs is the best song ever written. Um, you know, he wish he would have written, he would have written it, you know, but there are other bands too, that I think were different. Obviously, technically, if you want to talk about the sixties, who had their first album in the sixties, Led Zeppelin, but, mm. Um, that's a different kind of band. I can categorize my greatest, obviously. Um, I think the doors, honestly, to me, the doors, Hmm. they they were kind of, you know, cause they were the house band at the whiskey, the go-go in LA. And they basically got picked up by a recording or by for a recording contract. Um, but just like we talked about before that LA scene that, that brought out so many of those bands, um, you know, when and when you talk about obviously we can talk about American bands as their own thing, and I think the doors are one of the top ones of all time. Hmm. Um, but again, there's so many bands that came out of that era that it's it's hard. I think obviously the Beatles are a are one of the greatest bands of all time. Yeah. There's no yeah. no no doubt in that. Even even if I don't always pop, but I've gotten a little bit more of a respect for them. Like I told you, I bought four copies of Rubber Soul. I mean, come on, you know. I don't have four copies of really much of anything mm-hmm. aside from Rush albums, you know. Uh, hey, but um, from that era, I just think, you know, there was a lot coming out of L.A. Of course, the Beatles eventually moved to L.A., so they kind of got melded into that. But, you know, I think everything coming out of the Laurel Canyon scene was good. Um, you know, it can't, it, Beach Boys kind of started that to me. Um, and I think the Beach Boys just – Aside from a cheesy name, huh. you know, which is funny. You listen to the later stuff, you're thinking, oh, they really shouldn't call themselves the Beach Boy. You know, it's like it's not surf music anymore after a while. Um, but it's the same kind of thing. Like, I think the Beatles paved a different way. You know, the Beach Boys started thing. Well, Elvis started stuff, really. And the Beach Boys came into the groove and the Beatles just kind of refined that groove right. a little bit more. I think if we're, we're talking about it, I mean, that's what I think. I don't think either could have been great without the other, if that makes sense. Well, yeah. Elvis was definitely the godfather of the group to a lot of them. I think to um, a lot of them. Yeah. I know the Beatles, they have some document binaries that um, or interviews where they talk about meeting Elvis. And I think they were just kind of all inspired by him. You know, they're just sort of like, starstruck when they met him type thing yeah you gotta think yeah Led Zeppelin was the same way yeah exactly you gotta think that I mean Elvis for a lot of especially people from across the pond 
mm-hmm. you know, meant rock and roll, meant freedom musically. So that's there's a lot of that going along with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And obviously a very pure voice, too. So I just think that, you know, like take it Paul McCartney and John Lennon helped a lot of other bands out. You know, the band The Circle, C-Y-R-K-L-E. Um, it was actually John Lennon who suggested they spell it with the Y and the K like that. Mm. Um, and they had that song Red Rubber Ball, um, really good song. But if you listen to that, you can hear a lot of the Beatles sound in that um, because it was what was selling at the time, like we talked about before. But I think I, I do think I, I I'm the kind of music, you know, music aficionado, you know, just like you that can respect a band even more than he even likes them. If that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, there's uh, there's some bands that I like that that I don't really like that I respect for sure. Right, exactly. You respect their place, and you realize that we wouldn't have gotten to where we are now without them. Like the beat, we would not have gotten to where we are now without the Beatles. Period. Um, I think the influence is one of the biggest um, things about the Beatles. Their influence and the way the way they have influenced other people, and the way that um, they've influenced music in general, is kind of yeah. one of their biggest um, achievements. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. And the fact that they, like I talked about, they were mo- for the most part a one take band, like most of those recordings they they just played it and they recorded it and they're done mm-hmm. they didn't they didn't do multiple takes um so they take some talent <laughs> a lot yeah. of talent a lot more talent you know because i play guitar and sang all my life and you know i need a i would need a couple of takes i mean it's just yeah it's just and like how we correct you know? me if i'm wrong but they were not trained like they didn't read music and that sort no. of thing right? no they did not that's the yeah. other thing you got to remember they you know they learned a lot on the fly um which is how a lot of greats are, but I just think there's so much that we would have missed out on musically without them being a cog in the wheel. Um, Mm -hmm. That, you know, you can say a lot of things, you know, I mean, we say there was a rivalry between Paul Revere and the Raiders and them, but guess what? Not many people remember Paul Revere and the Raiders, you know? No, they don't. It's true. Even though they made some great music, great music. And then he later on started up the Desert Rose Band, you know, back in the 80s. It was a country band. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of things that, that have happened through that. But, I mean, kind of like in rock, in rock music, not rock and roll, but rock music, we wouldn't be where we are without Led Zeppelin, without Black Sabbath, you know, right. without bands like that, that kind of paved that road to say, hey, it's okay to sound like this, I guess it's- is the word, you know. One thing that Paul said in an interview that I liked a lot um, was that a lot of times people will associate the Beatles with drug use um, or, you know, whatever, LSD or the drugs of the 60s that a lot of people were using, saying yeah. that that influenced them and everything. And he made the point that, um, yeah, they experimented and that sort of stuff. But he said that when it came showtime, you know, when they had to actually sit down with George Martin and put the stuff down on tracks, they were as sober as they could be. Like they were, right. they were there trying to get the work done that needed to be done, you know. And, and you can't say that for every band from back then. Yeah, mm. I mean Hendrix is obviously the biggest example to me of drug use of anybody. Mm. Um, you know, soaked his band in liquid forms of LSD, his headband before he went to play. Um, you know that kind of stuff. But I mean, and obviously Grateful Dead, another musically talented band they were that, that that's who i associate with drug use when i think of mm-hmm. you know 60s bands but it was all over but it doesn't there's, there's that part of you that thinks hmm 
maybe we wouldn't have had some of the best writing in the world if we hadn't had the drugs. <laughs> you know, there's that little that little part of me that's like, yeah, it's kind of caused some creative genius along the, along the way. Like, I'm not going to do it, but you know, hey, um, yeah. yeah, there's no way to measure that. So, no, there's not. There's really not. Um, it just it happened, and then we got some good music. That's all we know. Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I've, I've always think that one of the examples, not that he is anywhere near the Beatles status, but Ted Nugent comes to mind because yeah. he was sober his entire life and he was able to create some of the best rock licks, you right, know, best exactly. guitar rock licks of all time. And he did it without any, you know, whether or not it, had he taken LSD, I don't know what he came up with his ninth symphony. You know, I, I don't know. I, I don't think we could have handled Ted Nugent with LSD. That's just, I just, but I agree with you. Tasmanian Genius. devil through a, <laughs> I mean, mu- musical genius. No, I, yeah. and, and it may be the exact opposite, Gene. Maybe if he had done that, we would have never heard of Ted Nugent. Yeah. You know, yeah. we don't know. If, if you, if anybody ever wants to really get the true story behind what Ted observed, and he was around all those people back in those days, he can tell you what, it, what things were really like in some of the stories that he heard, you know, as far as what the atmosphere was like with those drugs and that sort of thing. Yeah, uh, he was, he was on an episode of one of the, the, uh, bone collector shows a uh, hunting show that I, I can say that because I'm on the credits of that show and I'll give you, I'm, <laughs> I'm able to advertise it. Uh, I was a, a assistant editor, video editor, and uh, I had to edit some of his raw footage. And that is one of the smartest men around, <laughs> you know? Um, right. And he's got some opinions about a lot of things that went on and are still going on, but yeah. So you, you just wonder about musical genius and obviously Paul McCartney and John Lennon are up there. Now John Lennon went a little, new agey weird i think like you said paul mccartney's the extrovert of those two john lennon was going to go sit in his room and write while paul mccartney's like yeah let's all gather around the piano everybody come in help me out let's all sing together you know that's mm-hmm. i guess i relate more to paul because i'm more like him um yeah but i think i do think that they like i said there we would not be where we are musically today anywhere close without the beatles um if if anything for just furthering rock and roll on to where it needed to be well another another piece of the beatles that i think people will overlook is um like when as a kid and i think a lot of kids that are 13 like when i was 13 i want to hold your hand was like one of my favorite songs when i was 12 you know those kind of bubblegum songs you talked about um right. I, I liked all the bubblegum ones when i was that age and then as i got older into my 20s i got more into their later stuff yeah. but i've found that as i've gotten older I kind of explore musically their um, uh, their post Beatles things, um, right? You know, Paul's has obviously the large, the biggest, you know, career catalog as a single. I don't know if John Lennon had lived, you know, past nineteen eighty one or whenever he passed. I don't know if he would have created a whole lot of albums even after that. I mean, yeah, he just wasn't that way. He just did a handful during the seventies. Whereas Paul McCartney, he has been consistently making albums you know same thing for george harrison up until his death he just made albums every now and then you know right and of course you can tell that ringo really likes the party because he's done his ringo star you know the all-star band that he does he's been doing that since the 70s you know yeah still going strong yeah yeah i mean he's probably made more money with that than some of the beatles stuff that he did back in the day oh yeah i'm sure yeah well they don't own the rights to the music remember gotta remember that they don't own the Uh rights to the music that's true. Um, Michael Jackson owned them, and now the Jacksons' kids own them. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how that works. So it's kind of weird to me. I'm like, 
do they really own all the rights? Because I, I think Paul McCartney would never have sold the rights. I feel like uh, I read an article about that a while back, and I think some things might have changed, but I'm not sure. I, I hope don't wanna, so. I don't make I any. So. Yeah, I don't want to say what because I don't want to misrepresent. But um, anyway, the uh, oh, but that was what the other thing I was going to ask. Do you have a favorite post Beatles song or songs from them after they left the Beatles? Hmm. No, it's not got my men set on you. Um, <laughs> even though that was a funny video and that was a really cool hit for him. Oh, I like it. I do too. I like it. Um, the video is what makes it you know, the, all the singing animals in the cabin. Yeah. Um, well, my sweet but, Lord is easily his best hit. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, I would say, obviously, it comes out of the wings for me. Mm-hmm. With Paul McCartney with wings. I like silly little love songs. I love that song. I like it. I like the way it, it moves. I like um, um, you know, Uncle Albert. That song. Yeah. It's Ram. so sorry, Uncle Albert. Yeah. It 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 harkens back. Yeah. It harkens back to your crazy sergeant peppers to me like it could have easily been released on sergeant peppers and been a hit you well, know um, if you look i've looked up some of his uh, paul mccartney's first three albums a single yeah and i think what you find in those albums are the are a lot of the music that he had in mind that he wanted to continue to do with the beatles right which makes sense i mean it's gonna sound like beatles because it's him mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean obviously live and let die um my favorite is probably great- band on the run yeah, Band on the Run, too. Um, Live and Let Die, to me, is obviously one of my top five all-time Bond songs. Yeah. So that uh, that counts, you know, for that. Um, you know, and, I, and, and there's that part of me that's like, what better person to do a James Bond theme than a British national treasure that is, you know, Paul McCartney. Um, mm-hmm. But... Yeah, I would say that. Um, I don't really like any of John Lennon's. I'm just being honest. Yeah. Maybe watching the wheels. That's the only song I can stomach from him. I like Instagarma. I think that's a fun song. Yeah, I just don't like. You know, it's it's hard for me to get past some of the middle, the the new age stuff. Oh yeah, that's true. I just don't get the lyrics. Well, I mean, not. not, And I'm not saying musically it's not good. I'm just saying after a while, I'm kind of like, okay, we get it, John. You're weird. You know. I like a few know, of his last songs that came out on um, his last album. Um, oh gosh, what was the song? Um, Nobody told me. I thought I've always liked that album. Yeah, that is a good song. I forgot about that one. That is a good song. Um, yeah. yeah, I can vaguely remember the news when he died. Yeah, um, me too. Vaguely, because I remember my mom and dad saying something about John Lennon. Um, kind of like I vaguely remember, you know. Mount St. Helens blown up. It's the same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, to have a lot of, you know, some of that stuff occur during our lifetime, which is, makes it a little different, you know? And that kind of um, coincided. Um, I don't know my timeline, but was that within a year of Ronald Reagan's um, shooting? Yeah. Was it yep. within months? I don't remember. I think it was within months. I think you're right. If I can't, I can't remember. Um, I mean, talk about some crazy headlines and news during a time. Yeah, two people getting shot on the street, and one of them lives. Two world famous uh, people. Right. Exactly. Um, You know, and the guy who shot John Lennon went to Columbia High School here in 
DeKalb County, Georgia. I did uh, not realize he was a Georgia guy. Wow. Yep. Yeah. Let's not mention his name because we don't want him to have any notoriety. <laughs> no, we don't. That guy. Yeah. Uh, went went there. Um, so when we had to go to swim practice in high school at Columbia High School, I was like, ugh. Oh <laughs> you know, goodness. this is where that guy went. Um, it's a shame. It is a shame. Um, but, you know, you wonder, had he had lived, you know, would he have continued? I agree with you. I don't think he would have made much. Um, I think, honestly, him and Paul would have gotten back together. Possible for a point. few albums. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Maybe not for a tour because I just don't think they were mm-hmm. touring. Now, Paul's going to keep touring until he, you know, can't stand. Um, yeah. And, you know, kudos to him. Um, well, you know, I think Paul, Wings was sort of his answer to the Beatles stop touring. He's like, okay, right. we went through that. Now I'm just going to, I'm going to go out there and let it all hang, you know, just go for it. Well, it was, you know, and it was sad about his, his wife, Linda, you know, and yeah. Or that was right. Linda, you know, Linda Linda's McCartney. Yep. Yeah. That was the one that was in his singing, you know, during the seventies. Right. And she died. Um, maybe late nineties, early two thousands. Right. Of cancer or something. Yeah, when breast it, yeah. cancer, I believe it was. Oh, that was because that talk about just a, you know, they loved each other. I mean, you just watch any of that. It's just, you know, it's just sad. That was sad. Mm-hmm. That was his love of his life. Um, not to say that he hadn't been fruitful and multiplied recently, but anyway, I'd, I'd almost yeah. forgot about maybe I'm amazed. Um, Cause that was a great song that he did. It sounds it very much Beatles like. Yeah. You, a lot of people forget that it's not the Beatles. And so um, and the live version, one of those rare ones where the live version is better than the studio recording. Yeah, kind of like Frampton's Do You Feel What Like I Do, that same thing. I've heard the studio version of that and I'm like, Ugh. you know, <laughs> it's the same kind of thing. Um yeah, that's totally true. Well, um, I don't know. That's uh I think we covered the Beatles pretty good. We could probably do another podcast. Maybe we will do a uh, a third part mm-hmm. one day. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe we will. I don't know. We could um, we could pick another band, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah, we like, totally will. We'll pick other bands and other other genres, other um, other topics altogether. Other topic. I didn't get around to talking about Beatles album covers, as far as what our favorite <laughs> Beatles album cover was, which it's obviously not the White Album, but um, the Rubber Soul was a great album cover. And yeah, um, it was. I think that's a classic '60s album cover. I think Revolvers. I actually won reward uh, awards and things like that. Yeah. So, anyway, all right, Jason. Well, that uh, I think that pretty much wraps it up. Unless you have. Uh, any other um, any other thing you'd like to bring to the table today for no, talk of the nothing. now? I think that's uh, I think that's pretty much it. Uh, you know, just uh, you know, <sighs> where we go one, we go all. Gene, that's good, all I got to say. Good We've covered the Beatles for an entire class. If somebody wanted to use it, I guess I don't. That's know. right. No, we wouldn't quite call it a master class, but you know. No. Hey. <laughs> Uh, it's uh, more of a more of a two guys talking at, at, a, at a house party that are in the corner you know that are not really talking to anybody else but they just got on talking about the Beatles but that's okay well <laughs> uh, they'll be mentioned in other I think um, other topics that come up I mean how can you not I mean it's kind of like you can't Great. talk about 50s and 60s rock without talking about Elvis I mean you can't talk about a lot of rock without talking about the Beatles so like anyway. you can't talk about racing without talking about Ferrari that's just oh, how yeah. it is that's for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Jason. We'll see you later. All right, man. Uh, thanks for joining us on Talk of the Now podcast.